welcome and a hello to you if you are visiting with us today. It's so great to have you here and we're just glad that you came out and just hope that you feel at home and you meet some lovely people and enjoy your time with us. Steve, if you don't know my husband, Steve, we lead um, this campus. He is out at our Papakura campus, which is our latest plant today. He has to do one service at 10 a.m. today. And uh, he woke up this morning later than I, and he said, babe, I feel like I'm on holiday. He's like, I'm living the dream right now, one service at 10 a.m. It's amazing. Uh, So I said, nice for some, darling, nice for some. Uh, My message today is one that I've titled, Catch the Little Foxes. And um, I'm not sure if you'll still like me by the end of it, but uh, because it's kind of more owl than wow. But um, um, we're really believing and trusting. I'm just knowing that um, there's a real anointing on what God is going to do today. And I think there's some real power in this message if we can allow it to settle in and allow it to speak to us. Is that okay? So you promise me that you'll still be my friend by the end of this message, all right? Uh, Let's pray before we begin, because you and I both going to need it today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence already here in this place. God, I thank you that your presence is so thick, Lord. And and God, just that message of you never leave us, and right here you are with us. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us individually, into our hearts and into our lives. Lord, you are an all-knowing God. And Father, I pray that you would show us and reveal to us maybe some things in our world that we have never seen before. And God, would your love just permeate through us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Steve and I were lying in bed one night not so long ago, and all of a sudden we hear this scratching and scurrying sounds above our heads. You guys know what that means, don't you? We have mice, and they tormented us like tormented. We were up in the morning trying to find these mice, and they were, they're so small. They're so sneaky. They, you, they get in, and you can't see where they can get in. We're like looking around going, where could they possibly be getting into our house? But they get in. They're so tiny, and they squish down to tiny little thingies. Like they could go flat and go under doors and stuff, and they're so tiny, and they sneak in, and you can't see where they sneak in, and you can't see where they sneak out. Throughout the day, we could see no sign of them. But when you lay your tired head down on the pillow, you know you're going to hear that scratching and that scurrying. And they kept us up all night. They were unnoticed before it, until it was too late. And then they were torturing us all through the night. It's like that with little pests, isn't it? Little pests, they're so small, they seem so insignificant, and you think, surely they can do no harm. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got a big problem on your hands, and these little pests are causing you some trouble. How many of you know how frustrating it is to have little pests in your life, little pests in your house? Well, the Bible uses small creatures as a picture to depict something that can get into your life and cause damage and destruction to what God is trying to work in and build. They typically come in unnoticed. They typically are small and they typically run amok before you have had a chance to get rid of them. Most commonly in Scripture, they are foxes. Scripture uses the picture of a fox 
for something that can bring destruction and division into our lives. In Song of Songs, we're first introduced, chapter two, it says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. In Nehemiah, God instructs Nehemiah to rebuild a wall in Jerusalem that was destroyed beforehand. And Nehemiah is building, but there are some naysayers and some people who come around criticizing him and they point to his wall and they go, what kind of wall do you think this is? This is such a rubbish wall. And they even say, they use the analogy of a fox. In Nehemiah chapter four, verse three, it says, that's, that's right, what do you think you're building? Why, if a fox climbed up there, it would fall to pieces under his weight. Little foxes. Could it be that you and I could have some little foxes in our lives? Little foxes that perhaps have crept in under the radar. Little foxes that have gone unnoticed. Little foxes that we are unaware are there. Little foxes that may seem harmless, but if we're not careful and if we don't drive them out, could bring damage and destruction to what God is trying to build in our lives. Little foxes like frustration, like laziness, like disunity, like offense. Little foxes like unforgiveness and apathy. Oh, now Bex, you're really hurting my feelings. Little foxes like religiosity, like familiarity. That's a really hard word to say. Little foxes like pride. Even a fox like impatience for God's timing. Notice that all of these things in and of themselves are not big things. They're not the obvious things. They don't fall into the, the top 10. They, they're not one of the 10 commandments, right? These are sometimes little foxes are the very things that we don't notice are there. The ones we think are not harmful. They creep in slowly and quietly, but they have the power to bring great destruction. And any one of them can obstruct what God wants to do in your life. Take frustration as an example. Maybe you've got a little fox of frustration in your life. And maybe it starts off small and unnoticed. Perhaps you're frustrated at something going on in your workplace or a decision that's been made by the powers that be. Maybe you're a little frustrated with your spouse. Listen, before you know it, frustration isn't just a passing feeling. It all of a sudden becomes your permanent posture. And frustration out of nowhere becomes your response to everything and everyone's just frustrating you. And then frustration begins to breed resentment and oh, now you've got damage, right? We could look at laziness as an example. In fact, the Bible has something to say about laziness in Proverbs chapter six, verse nine. It says, how long will you stay there in bed, you slacker? Sounds like what I said to Steve this morning when he was, I'm just kidding. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest. I love how here in the Bible, how laziness in itself is described in a kind of a lazy way. It's just a little sleep. 
It's just a little slumber. It's just a little folding of the arms. Well, before you know it, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms becomes, oh, everyone else can just do the building while I sit back here. And listen, when we stop building things in our life, when we stop putting our hand to the plow, when we allow laziness to take over, all of a sudden we see no fruit. All of a sudden, some of that stuff that God wants to do in your life is no longer coming to perfection because it takes work and it takes, um, it takes plowing and it takes work, it takes laboring to do it. And all of a sudden, the fox of laziness has stopped what God wants to build in your life. So I looked up. I thought, well, how do we catch these foxes? So I did my research. I went to Google. How do you catch a fox? And I found a website that would tell me how to catch a fox. If I was to have a fox in my garden, I'm now an expert on how to catch them. So if you've got a problem with a real live fox, you come to me and I'll tell you how to deal with it. So I read up how to catch a fox. And at the bottom, you know, these blogs and these articles, it gives, like, people start asking questions and having comments about it. The number one top question that people were asking this expert on how to catch a fox was, there's a fox in my garden. How do I tame it and keep it as a pet? How do I make it love me? <laughs> like people really were asking this question. More than one person asked how to make a fox love me. And time and time again, this expert had to comment and write down and respond by saying, they are wild and dangerous creatures. Please do not try to make your fox love you. (laughs) But how often do we try and do it with the foxes in our lives? Somehow we seem to like the idea of keeping our fox, and it's more comfortable for us, isn't it? to try and keep it, to try and tame it, to make it love us, than to actually go to work and begin to deal with some of the foxes in our lives. Are you ready to deal with some foxes this morning? Oh, come on, let's look at how you actually catch a fox. Number one, the first thing you have to do, and you've got your notes, you've got your notes, you can write it down, you were handed them this morning. The first thing we need to do is identify the fox. Identify the fox. A few years ago, we were living in Whangarei, and just in a rental property, and all of a sudden, half the lights in one end of our house went out. All the lights just went out, and um, we couldn't, we, we, tried, we thought we've popped a fuse, that's the technical word. We've popped a fuse, so we went and tried to push the button back on, you know, the flick, the switch, and um, it didn't, it just went back off straight away again, so we thought, this is outside of my realm of expertise, I need to get the electrician in, so the electrician came and had a look, and he had to look at a number of different places, and as he's looking in one particular switch, he pulled it off the wall, he was looking, and he says, oh, you guys have got a big problem. We were like, uh-oh, what is it? And he said, something in here has been installed incorrectly. In fact, I would never have installed it this way. This is going to cause you major problems. If this happens or this happens, you're going to get an electrical fire in here and you could see your house go up in flames. We were like, whoa, like there's a big problem. That's a big problem that sat laying underneath the surface that we had absolutely no idea about until an expert came and took a look at the inner workings of our house. David, King David in Scripture, has the wisdom to ask God to come and take a look at the inner workings of his house. In Psalms, a couple of places, Psalm 26, it says, "'Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind.'" 
for your faithful love guides me and I live by your truth. In Psalm 139, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. It's interesting to me that it's David of all people that prays this prayer. David of all people, David who has got some glaringly obvious problems. Like David is known for his adulterous and murderous scandalous history. And yet he still prays a prayer like this. He's still, I'm like standing there reading this going, ah, uh, David, isn't it a little obvious where you are going wrong? Like, isn't your problem slightly obvious? And yet he still, he still had the wisdom to pray a prayer that said, God, would you search me? Would you know my heart? Would you examine my heart? Would you see if there is any way in me that I need to adjust under your faithful, loving guidance? See, David knew that sometimes it's not the big things we need to be wary of, but it is the small, unnoticed things that creep in undetected that can cause the most damage in our lives. David knew that the Holy Spirit, an expert on his life, could come and look at the inner workings and identify in him what he needed to adjust. Ask God to show you the foxes. God, would you test me? God, would you know my heart? God, would you examine me? Lord, show me what it is in me that you would have me readjust, realign, move and shift in my life. Ask him to show you the foxes. Number two, I feel like this is one of the best points I've ever written in my history of sermon writing. Go tell that fox. Go tell that fox. There's a story in Luke chapter 13. We read that Jesus is traveling and teaching Um, he's going from town to town, he's making his way toward Jerusalem, and in Luke 13, verse 31, we see a conversation play out, it goes like this, it says, at that time, some Pharisees came and told him, speaking to Jesus, go, get out of here, Herod wants to kill you, and I love how Jesus responds to them, he says, go tell that fox, he says, look, I'm driving out demons, I'm performing healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll complete my work. Go tell that fox. It's interesting to me that Jesus refers to Herod as a fox. Jesus, in that moment, is recognizing, and he wants Herod to know, I see what you're doing. I see what your plans and your purposes are. I can see that you are something or someone who is trying to come in and destroy, distract damage what God is working on and what God is trying to build. Go tell that fox. Sometimes it takes calling it out, naming it, and speaking directly to it to shift something in our life. We, to get to catch a fox, we need to stop hiding from it. We need to stop ignoring it. We need to stop burying our head in the sand and pretending like it's not there, hoping that maybe it'll go away because some things simply don't go away by ignoring them. I know. We uh, had a leak in our bathroom last summer. 
And I went in there one day, and there was a puddle on the floor where there shouldn't be a puddle on the floor. And I mean, like, not like when you've got three boys living in your house kind of puddle. Like, it was a different kind. Um, so part, anyway, looked up, and there is some water coming through our skylight in our bathroom. And there was something wrong with the um, roofing. And so, but what did we do? Well, we just went, oh, let's just wipe it up, and we'll just leave it. We'll see what happens next time it rains. Well... Lo and behold, Christmas Day rolls around. And if anybody remembers Christmas Day of 2018, you will remember it was absolutely pouring, raining cats and dogs and foxes. Uh, It was pouring with rain. We had a house full of people and we go into our house. I'm standing there. There's a really big puddle and there's damage all through the inside of our paintwork and our whatever's up there was damaged. See, some things apparently you just cannot ignore and hope that they will go away. The annoying thing about it is that the damage that is now being caused could have been limited or completely prevented had we dealt with it in the first place. It's one thing to deal with a fox. It's a whole other thing to have to deal with his damage. What foxes are in your life that you are hoping will just sort themselves out? Maybe it's time to go tell that fox. Go tell that fox. Make a decision today to begin dealing with it. Number one, identify the fox. Number two, go tell that fox. Number three, catch them unawares. Catch them unawares. When I was pregnant with Rocky, my youngest child, and I'm pretty sure it was, if I remember rightly, it was the week I gave birth. So I was like hugely pregnant with him. We found a mouse in our house. Another one, another mouse in our house, but this one was a little more bold and a little more audacious. He just walked straight on into my living room. He didn't hang out in the roof. He just hung out with the rest of us. So I saw him. I leap up on the couch, hugely pregnant, squealing, Steve, there's a mouse in the house. He's on the couch on the other side of the room doing the same thing. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. We spent a week trying to catch this mouse. We were tr- he was fast, man, and small and sneaky and tricksy. And they would get, we'd catch him. I'd put like things to try and block the doorways to see if I could block every gap, but they find gaps that don't exist. These little mice, they're so tricky. And so we'd try and chase him around the house. What we learned is that we couldn't actually outrun him. What we had to do is outwit him. There was no good chasing this mouse around the house because he was going to continuously escape our claws. What we had to do is get one step ahead of him. We had to set a trap. We had to catch him unawares. Sometimes in order to deal with a fox, we have to respond in a way that they are not expecting. We have to catch them out. We have to catch them by surprise. Sometimes all it takes is to respond to your fox with the opposite spirit. Jesus both taught it and modeled it. How did he deal with the fox of offense? Well, he said, turn the other cheek. Well, that's different, isn't it? He said, give them your coat as well. Well, I didn't expect that to come from Jesus. How did he respond to the fox of religiosity? Oh, well, he went to the house and he ate a meal with the tax collector. And and he went and he hung out 
with prostitutes. Shock, horror. They weren't expecting that, were they? How did he deal with betrayal? Hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If we are going to catch the foxes, we have to make a deliberate attempt to make a different decision and carry a different response to that which has become our current automated reaction. To laziness, we must respond with passion. To familiarity, we have got to respond with honor. To offense, we have to bring understanding. To unforgiveness, we have to show forgiveness before there's even an apology. To pride, how about we go in with a little humility? The team can come and join me now. When I look all throughout Scripture, I noticed so many people. Um, All throughout the Scriptures, you'll see people who have got foxes in their life. They've got little foxes. And some of them you'll see dealt with their foxes. Others... They just ignored them, hoping that they would go away. Moses, he had the fox of rejection, which presented itself in anger, in control at times, in a lack of trust. King Saul, he had a fox of insecurity. That presented itself in jealousy and just plain crazy. Now, both Moses and Saul, I believe, did not reach the fullness of what God had for them. Moses didn't enter the promised land. And Saul, I think there was a much greater king in him than ever came out. Why? Didn't deal with the foxes. Then you look at, the, uh, at King David. Oh, he had some foxes. He didn't have little ones. He had ginormous ones. He had real public ones. He had public foxes. And surely he would have been one. No, no, no. Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And actually, he was the royal lineage that Jesus now descended from. And then you go to the New Testament, you look at someone like Paul. Scripture says he had a a thorn in his flesh, which um, Bible says is there to keep him from becoming conceited, which tells me that Paul had an issue with pride. He was a fox. And yet he went on to write most of the New Testament that we read today. What was the difference between the former two and the latter two? Well, the latter two dealt with their foxes. They knew what it was to identify, to call out, and to go after and catch their foxes. Church, there is a purpose and a promise over your life. Don't let a fox prevent you from seeing it be brought to perfection. We've said it before, and I'll say it again. We believe that there is a purpose and a plan for every single one of you. There are giftings on your life. And I don't think any one of us can walk a life of fulfillment and contentment without realizing, understanding, and recognizing what those things are and walking them out, using them to make a difference, using them to be part of a bigger picture. But we will never be able to do that and step into the future that God has for us if we refuse to deal with some of the foxes that are in past and present holding us back preventing us, causing damage and destruction so that we cannot see the fulfillment or fullness of what God is trying to build in our lives. It's time to catch the little foxes. Are you still my friends? All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much. 
God, that You're a God who's willing to chase us down so that You'll see us deal with some of these things in our life. God, I thank You that You love us so much that You'll call us to You any which way we come, but You love us too much to leave us that way. And so, Father God, we just focus our attention now to dealing with some of the stuff in our lives. God, I pray this week, maybe now, but maybe it won't come till this week. God, I pray for a light to be shed, for light to come, for revelation to come. Lord, I pray that you would show us things we haven't seen before. God, would you show us some of them? Maybe they're small and seeming significant. Maybe they seem cute and harmless. But Lord, would you just reveal to us some areas in our lives that we actually need to stop, we need to call out, and we need to deal with. God, I pray that you'd give us a boldness and an audacity. God, would you give us a zeal that says, I refuse to remain where I am. I'm going forward and I'm taking hold of the promise that God has for me. And I will do whatever I need to do and deal with whatever I need to deal with in order that I would see your promise come to full fruition in my life. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to do one more thing before we close our service today. I would just love to be able to pray with those who maybe don't know Jesus in this place. I wanna give you an opportunity to come to know Him. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been here many times and you've never actually made a proper decision to give your life over to God. Well, today I wanna give you an opportunity, but I need to let you know a couple of things. I need to let you know that He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much and His greatest desire is that He would have a relationship with you. He wants to give you a life that is full, a life that is abundant, a life of blessing and purpose and promise He's got for you. But unfortunately, there's sin in every single one of our lives and that sin, it separates us from God. But God, in His grace, by His grace, sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to take the punishment, the weight of sin, your sin and my sin on his life so that we don't have to endure that punishment so that we can live a life not of condemnation and judgment, but of grace, love and abundance. He's got new life for you today and he's got it for your eternity. All we have to do, I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. What I want you to do is I want you to pray it just in your heart, but make it your own. Really make this your prayer. Mean it with everything that you've got. We say, dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for taking the punishment that I deserved. Lord, I ask you now to come into my life. I want to start a journey with you today. Would you be my Lord and my Saviour? Thank you that in you I can find new life. I turn from my old life and I turn to you. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. I want you to be really brave right now. I'm not gonna call you out of your seat. I'm not gonna embarrass you, nothing like that. But I do want you to take a step of faith today. We believe that what you have just done is the greatest, most important decision you will ever make, most significant thing you'll ever do in your life. And we would love to celebrate that with you. I'm gonna ask you in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. On three, I'd love just for you, all you have to do, step of faith, just lift your hand so I can see it, so we can celebrate with you today. Are you ready? One, 
two, three. Everybody who's made that decision, lifting their hands. Awesome, I see you down the back. Anybody else? Thank you, I see you down the back over here. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in up on the mezzanine? Thank you, Jesus. Awesome down here. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Awesome, fantastic. I see you down there. Wonderful. Anybody else? Bex, count me in. I pray that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we celebrate with the heavens today. We celebrate lives turned around and transformed for you. God, we thank you that the greatest miracle is a life transformed in Jesus' name. Father, we celebrate. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Come on, church, why don't we celebrate with God today? Amazing, incredible. Thank you, Lord.